Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,174. Determination, but not momentary determination. It's, it's determination that lasts over a period of time. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Chris Rode. Hey, Chris, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Locked and loaded, sir. Let's go. All right. Very cool. Chris Rode is the founder and creative director at Studio Rode, a design and branding agency in Knoxville, Tennessee. He and his team create comprehensive e-commerce websites, digital platforms, brand identity systems, user experience design, and media Across multiple touchpoints for the automotive marketplace. They work with industry leaders, including Tequila Patron, Honda Performance Development, Toyota Racing, Bristol Motor Speedway, and drivers, including IndyCar champ Joseph Newgarden and NHRA top fuel driver Alexis DeJoria. Chris, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your business and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Absolutely, Mark. Um, it started initially in 2001. And at the time I was at the Art Institute of Atlanta. Come 2008, I started to do some moonlighting. And during that time, Twitter was all the rage. Everybody was on Twitter. So I was able to acquire customers and clients as I was moonlighting. At a certain point during that year, it was, I started to, to acquire more revenue via Twitter than I was at the job that I was at, the agency agency job I was at. So it was at that point, I was like, okay, it's either now or never. And I jumped in with both feet, haven't looked back since. You know, it's a cool story. I love these sidepreneur stories where people start something with their weekends, evenings, early mornings, and it becomes a career and a business for them. And it's one of those things where you hear people say, oh, I don't have time to do that. And you know what? You do have a lot of time outside of your normal job. It's how you value and use that time, right? Absolutely. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about your business, what you're doing now. I'm very excited about this. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars, yeah? So, Chris, take the wheel. There's a word that I learned from Top Gear a few years back, and it's, uh, it's a Finnish term, and it's pronounced Sisu. S-I-S-U. And there's, um, there's no direct translation for this word into the English language, but a rough translation is perseverance in the face of adversity or, you know, don't give up or never, you know, never lose, um, refuse to lose. And uh, it's basically just determination, but not momentary determination. It's, it's determination that lasts over a period of time. As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, and to Anybody that's really just trying to achieve a greater good or a greater goal, there's always these struggles. You always hit these walls, right? And you start to second guess yourself. So when I learned about this word, the Sisu, I kind of took it to heart. It's a little corny, don't get me wrong, but I took it to heart. And anytime I hit any kind of struggle or, or, or friction, I, I kind of remember that word, what it means. It helps me even ever so slightly. It helps me kind of just kind of get a grander scheme and step back and find out what position I'm in. 
so I can make my way through it. And a little caveat to that is that I went as far as to make little rubber bracelets. So those little rubber bands that everybody wears around the wrist. I made some of those with Sisu written on them. The one that I'm wearing right now, I haven't taken off in, it's five and a half years. Wow. I've never taken it off. Yeah. <laughs> that is cool. You know, I love that. I love the, the simplicity of it and the inner meaning. It kind of makes me think of another saying, Kaizen. Uh, Japanese saying kind of sharpening of the saw that you're constantly improving, never ending, constant improvement, always sharpening your saw to get better and better. But that's a new word for me that I like that a lot. That is very cool. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that from you and (laughs) share that with as many people as I can. But I, I love the, the idea and especially being an entrepreneur, gosh, you're just fraught with all sorts of things. And we're going to talk about one of those that you've faced in your career. But first, I want to know a little bit about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were a car guy? I don't think so. I've, been, I've given this some thought, and I don't think there's one in particular moment, but it was a culmination of many. You know, I think we all, anybody that's listening to this, I think we all have that experience or most of it's where we, we, we had a moment with our, with our dad working on cars, that type of thing, right? So I, I had that same that same experience. My granddad had all these cool cars. Um, the new, he'd always buy the new Corvettes when the Corvettes came out. Cool. My, granddad. my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, matter of fact, a small caveat to that was we would just drive down the street and the radio would be on. And the faster we went, the volume on the radio went up. Oh yeah. So, yeah. And, and back then that was mind blowing to me. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then my, my mom and my uncle were massive, massive NASCAR Richard Petty fans still are to this day, the culmination of all of these elements just kind of subconsciously sent me down this route into the automotive world. That's very cool. I love it. Yeah, those old volume control by throttle, that that was mm-hmm. back in the day. Now, of course, cars have gotten so fancy. I mean, somebody will call you and your your radio will go down to silence so you can answer the phone with your voice. I mean, all this stuff we take for granted now that back in those days, that was that was some tricky stuff. So, right, yeah, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, I alluded to this a short moment ago, but now we're going to talk a little bit about a big challenge or a big failure that you faced. And I, I like this question and I try to kind of push people a little bit to actually take us to a situation, talk about it in depth, because these situations teach us really valuable lessons. Even if we fall, at least we hope we fall forward. So we're a little bit further ahead down the road and we get ourselves up and dust ourselves off. But walk us through one of those situations for you that had some meaning and some learning lessons in them? There was two of them. One personal, one business. Mm-hmm. Personal one, I was at the Art Institute of Atlanta at the time. That school is obnoxiously expensive. And I was working at a gym and I was living with my uncle. And long story short, I ended up homeless for about three weeks. And I was oh, living wow. out of the gym that I was working in. So wow. I would go to school and I would leave school and then go to a buddy's house that was nearby. I'd do homework and that type of thing. And then I'd go to work. When the gym closed, I would hang out in the parking lot. And when the gym closed, I would go in. I had a key to the gym, of course. I would go into mm-hmm. the gym and I would sleep on the couch. And then the gym opened at 4 a.m. So I had to be out of the gym by yeah. 4 a.m. Wow. And that cycled for three weeks. And then ultimately, one of my, my uh, good buddies that I went to school with gave me a couch to crash on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was all into cars and everything, which kind of culminated to where I'm at now. Yeah. And then um, met my best friend, and uh, just it just snowballed. So, yeah. When you hit a rock, that was rock bottom for me. 
Uh, when yeah. you hit rock bottom, there's only one way to go. Huh. Yeah. And that's where I went. So, so that's the personal one. The business one is my biggest struggle has been people. And by that, I mean, finding the right people. You can you say you put out an application or a, you put out a, you want people to apply for a job. You'll get hundreds and hundreds of applications, but there's only one or two that are really right for the position. So for the last few years, my biggest struggle has been siphoning through the people that don't quite align with our culture and what mm-hmm. we deliver and finding the right people. And that mm-hmm. happened very recently within the last year where I've got a small team around me that are just phenomenal. And uh, that was the biggest struggle, but it's actually come to fruition now. It's looking pretty good. Well, I'm excited for that. You know, boy, going back to that first really personal time, I can't imagine tough times. And I know I sent my son through four years of a design school, RISD, back in Rhode Island. Awesome school. Obnoxiously expensive school. Um, <laughs> terribly expensive. Um, uh, happy to say it was a great career move for him because it landed him an awesome job at Google and he's just doing great. But um, yeah, I had to put myself through college pretty much. I had some help from my folks, but not a whole lot. Now, back then, college was not as expensive and you're a lot younger than me. So I, I don't know how young people do it these days. Um, if they have to do it on their own, it's just so, so hard. But, uh, I guess out of that experience, what's the main thing that taught you? Drive, pure, unadulterated drive to scale the, the proverbial ladder. Just to mm-hmm. one, you know, you kind of go into this feast or famine, but you also go into survival mode. So I was in survival mode. And then from survival mode, you, at least for me, like there was this weird trigger where it went from survival mode to how far can I take this? Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. So Awesome. Well, kudos to you for getting yourself through that. No doubt uh, an experience you'll never forget and never go back to. Now, the other part of this challenge was very near to my heart because I ran a business for 20 years. I hired a lot of people. It was something that I really had to get good at because at the early days, I was not good at it, was hiring wrong people. And you find out pretty quick that you made a mistake. And then the other thing you learn is when you try to convert them into what you thought they were, it never seems to work ever. Um, I think I can count one time out of a hundred that it did, but what's a good takeaway you can share with somebody that might be faced with that? Cause I know a lot of businesses are faced with that. And you know, right now the job market, job market is very robust. I mean, I can't believe how many companies are looking for employees. I walked into target two weeks ago and they had a big table right at the entrance. We are hiring work here. I mean, I've never seen that before where there's just like, do you want a job? Anybody, please. We need to hire people. Yeah. What's a maybe a takeaway or two of how do you siphon through all those people that want to work with you so you know that who you're hiring is the right fit, not only from a skill standpoint, but as you said, a cultural standpoint? Right. So they may have the, the hard skills. They may have the design skills or marketing skills or whatever. If they get past that first ring of fire, what we ultimately end up looking for and what I would suggest to anybody that's hiring that's listening to this, who is more than likely in the automotive world as well, is they still need to have at least some kind of passion to the automotive world, some kind of connection. And the reason that's important for us is because the people that we work with on a day-to-day basis, the passion in that automotive space is so entrenched that if somebody from the outside of the automotive space tries to work inside it, there's a disconnect between what their customers, our clients' customers expect and what's delivered. And because of that disconnect, it's just a matter of time before it falls apart. 
So there has to be an emotional connection there. Oh, yeah. Boy, you're hitting some notes in my history now that I went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. I've had those arguments with people and, well, they, they can do this task really well. Yeah, but they don't understand the cult, automotive culture. They don't, they, mm-hmm. they don't know to afford from a Chevy. I mean, you can't yeah. fake it to a car person. You just can't do it. Definitely and, not. uh, yeah. So you great. Up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Or somewhere. I don't know where that might be, but. Ah, great advice. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Let's shift gears and talk about a big career aha moment, a time when the headlights kind of uh, steered you down a new path that uh, led you to some success. It might be a bit of a recap, but it was it was the Twitter thing from t- uh, 2008. You know, again, I was, uh, I was moonlighting at the time. I was working at a, a local Knoxville agency, and I started just to make more money moonlighting, making money off of Twitter, going out there and finding work from Twitter. You know, coming home, working from six to six p.m. to two a.m., and uh, during that small period of time, I just, you know, once I I crossed that line, I was like, okay, there, there's yeah. obviously something here. There's a there's a level of supply and demand. The demand is high, so let me give them the supply, and then that was it. Yeah, I just yeah, awesome. put the two weeks in at the agency, and uh, that was, you know, and like then I, I never looked back in the in the rearview mirror. You know, again, and it touches on something that I try to tell people who say they want to start their own business, but they haven't created what I call a runway. They haven't saved enough money to go six months, a year without any pay until they build that business, which it can take that long. Sometimes it takes longer. And if you haven't, then you've got to do it on the side like you've done it. And you just said something. I mean, you come home at six o'clock and then you go back to work again until two in the morning and you just do that. Every day, five days a week, you work all weekend. You don't go out and party. You don't go spend money. You save, you save, you build, you build, and you can get there, right? You're an example of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's You mentioned it earlier. It's not, it's not having the time. It's utilizing the time you do have to your benefit. We all have the same 24 hours. So how is your 24 hours any different than a billionaire's or compared to somebody that's bagging groceries. Like it's all the same amount of time. It's just how you use it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe just that billionaire has a few more resources to hire some more people <laughs> around him, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that's part yeah, of the, I mean, you know, there was a point he didn't have a billion dollars. So, uh, you know, there's oh, yeah, a way to get definitely, there. Definitely. Yeah. Very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car, vehicle, truck, motorcycle, whatever it might be. And maybe share a memory you have about that, uh, that ride that you finally got. I've had a lot of cars. Most of them are crap. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. Um, as long as you're yeah, being honest. I mean, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, they're, most of them are crap. The one that stands out to me, and I still have it, I, I bought it in, I think it was 2008, 2009-ish, give or take. That's when I, you know, I was making some pretty good money, and I bought a 1986 Toyota Corolla GTS hatch. This is oh, better known. Yeah. yeah, this is better known as the AE86 Hachiroku from drifting and all. So now yeah. it's it's got a cult following. Uh, back then, not so much. But yeah. that being in a position to be able to buy that car was pivotal for me. You know, it wasn't just I need to buy a track car or a weekend warrior. Like this is a straight track car. It can sit mm-hmm. in my garage for as long as I want it to sit in the garage, and I've got another car to get me to and from A to B. Having the ability and the resources to buy that car was pivotal for me. Yeah, those are cool. I remember those. My first new car was a 79 Scirocco uh, hatchback oh, design. Gisario yeah, yeah. design, the first generation of the Scirocco. The second gen, I didn't like those cars. They were a little too heavy. They got a little bloated. 
a very similar kind of car in a way, although the Chirac was a little more sharp, maybe sharp edge in mm-hmm. a way than, than that car you had. But, uh, yeah, I like those. Those are, those are really cool. How about a car you've owned and let go that you have some seller's remorse about? Is there one of those in your life? No, not yet. No, <laughs> no, not yet. Lucky I've, you. No, yeah. <laughs> most of my cars have been, most of them haven't just, they haven't been that good. I've had high yeah. expectations for cars. Mm-hmm. One in particular was a 2006 Subaru Outback Turbo, the XT version. The car was quick. It sounded good. Had all-wheel drive. You know, we have snow here in Knoxville, so that was beneficial. But that car was a just a colossal piece of crap. I hated mm. it. Oh, so Well, that's frustrating for sure. Well, we won't go down that road again. Well, I would love <laughs> for you to share what has you excited and fired up about Studio Road, your company these days. We're towards the end of the year here. We got another about another month left, and then it's going to be 2019. Where is my life going? The white stripes are getting faster and faster. So <laughs> what has you excited these days about Studio Road? It's, um, well, we have PRI coming up in the next couple of weeks, right? So that's yeah. Fun. Um, can't wait to go there and freeze our butts off. So that'll be good. <laughs> and then, and then, um, I haven't mentioned this to you, Mark, but we actually kicked off our own podcast last week. All right. And Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Very excited about that. It's, uh, that's a particular, that's a podcast where we're just bringing in automotive marketing professionals and just talking yeah. about their, their experiences and stories and stuff. So other people can learn from it. Very so cool. we kicked that off last week. Doing what is that, that called? Um, what do you call your podcast? Is, on the road, R H O A D. There you go. I like that. <laughs> I did. Yeah, the girlfriend thought that one. I thought it was pretty clever. Yeah, so, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Hire her. So, yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, there you go. So uh, those are the two things I'm pretty excited about. I love going to PRI. PRI is a lot of fun. We get to see old friends and, and clients and stuff that we typically don't get to see face to face throughout the year. So T- tell uh, our listeners a little that- bit about what PRI is because I know I talked at length about SEMA. I went, you know, uh, Last month, the SEMA is my 30th year, but tell, tell our listeners a little bit about PRI. In a nutshell, PRI is kind of like SEMA, but you have to cut it into a third. And then the, the clientele that is there is, is strictly racing oriented. These are teams and drivers. I mean, there's some businesses there that, sup, uh, that supply parts and, and services for those teams and drivers. But that's it in a nutshell. It's three days long. If you do go to the show, go to go on days one and two, three, kind of, uh, if you need to talk to anybody, let me rephrase that. If you need to talk to anybody of importance, day three is kind of a bust, but it's really good. Uh, more people show up on the third day. It's uh, it's just a really, really cool show. There's a lot of cool parts there, a lot of cool cars, a lot of cool people. The, uh, that's probably the best part, just going out and hanging out with the people. There's a lot more sim racing rigs that are showing up to the show now. So you can go there and get your, your feet wet into a sim rig. That's a lot of fun. Very cool. Um, Very cool. Yeah, that, that's it. Performance racing industry, right? Is that what PRI stands for? Correct. Yeah. 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 Very cool. I've been to that show a few times, not nearly as many times as SEMA because of my old career path. SEMA was the place to go to look for cool products and so forth. But uh, yeah, the PRI trade show is the uh, what we'd like to call the epicenter of new racing technology. Just to give the listeners, there's uh, 1,100 exhibiting companies, uh, over 3,300 booths. A uh, huge number of racing products, uh, buyers from all 50 states and 70 countries around the world. I mean, it's it's pretty big, phenomenal show. And uh, you can go, it's actually taking place December 6th through the 8th 
this year in Indianapolis, Indiana. That's a racing city that everybody knows about. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't checked that show out, you should check it out. We'll put a link on the show notes page here for Chris. Very cool. I'm excited and I uh, can't wait to listen to your uh, your new podcast, too. Welcome to the world of podcasting. Very cool. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Fun stuff. Fun <laughs> stuff. Well, here's a very introspective question for Chris. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested into a vehicle sitting in your garage, what would Chris be and why? I. It's really hard to subjectively view yourself from the inside. So I actually, I asked people about this. The answer that they gave me was an S2000, Honda S2000. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool car. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't expecting an S2000. You, you would think it'd be like a Lamborghini Gallardo or a Huracan <laughs> or something, but no. We'll, we'll go with the S2000. So I asked them why, right? Yeah. And and the reason they gave me is because it's um, when when the S2000 was first announced or at least manifested, there there was kind of low expectations as to what this car was going to be. And that translates to back into my high school days, people kind of looked down on me and my abilities at the time. And then much, um, the public just didn't really see a whole lot of value in, in the S2000 at first when it first came out. But now that it's had time to develop, it's one of the best investments that you can make. It handles well. There's enough power. It's a lot of fun. It looks good. It's aged well, all the above. So that's not my words. That's their words, but they said the <laughs> S2000. Interesting. Well, I, I I like the fact that you went there and talked to folks about this because it kind of gives a whole different viewpoint than people just thinking only of themselves. And I've gotten a lot of very interesting answers to that question as well uh, from people, Some a very wide variety of questions. Sometimes they kind of blow me away like, well, that was interesting. Never thought we'd go down <laughs> that path. But uh, yeah, that's why I love it. Um, Harold Cleworth, who is a automotive artist, um, one of my much early guests, I think within the first 100 guests here on the show, with you being 1,174, that was a lot of shows ago. But he gave me the idea for this question, which I thought was rather interesting. And he he said he was a combination since he is somewhat of a expatriate from Great Britain over to here, uh, that he was the front of, a, I believe it was an Austin Healey and the back of a Cadillac Beer Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Frankenstein, but, uh, you know, but uh, I thought it was a clever answer. So, uh, yeah, That's he's, amazing. he's a creative guy for sure. Very nice. Well, Chris, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom patterned for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes, and they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com.
Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Chris, we are back, and we're entering the last lap. You've been in a, around enough races to know what that means. The white flag's out. Time to put our foot into it. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Oh, automotive advice? Um, yeah, yeah. If you can't do it right, let somebody else do it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, where were you? So many times I tried to do stuff on my car <laughs> and ended up breaking things. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes? Utilizing the time that I have and just sure determination. It's, um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep fighting every day. Goes back to that great story you shared early on in our talk. Now, how about a resource? There are awesome resources for all of us out there these days. Is there one that you really are fond of? You know, I can itemize this. But I don't need to. We live in the age of Google. That's the only <laughs> one you need to know. My son is smiling, Chris. He works for Google. He landed a great yeah. job after four years at RISD uh, working for Google and really proud of uh, Blake. He just got promoted. He's moving into a new area at Google, which is very cool. Loves working there. Uh, in fact, I just sent him a story today about the 10 best traits that a manager can have. It's a study, a 10-year study. Could it be 10 years that Google's been around? They did this long-term study about what the best managers have as attributes, and they use that as training for their managers. And uh, I sent it to my son. He said, oh, I've already seen this, Dad. I work here, you know. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, very, very cool stuff. I may even do a blog about that. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Ayrton Senna. Oh, my favorite. Yeah, what is it about Senna that you like so much? He's um he's got that Muhammad Ali presence to him, right? Yeah. There's a level of arrogance where it's just straight up arrogance, but there's a level of arrogance where you can back it up, and there's few people in the world that can do that. Muhammad yeah. Ali is one of them, and Ayrton Senna was the other. Yeah, I like him so much. I actually have one of his quotes on the back of my business card. That quote is, the past is just data. I only see the future. And I love that quote because it is so strong in the fact that you don't dwell on things in the past. You focus on the forward future. And that's so attributable to a race car driver, but also to business owners, people in general, is uh, if you live in the past, you're never going to get to the future. So yeah. just use that data have, point. I actually have, um, I've got a poster that I made 
of Ayrton up on my wall with a quote on it as well. And it says, I have no idols. I admire work, dedication, and competence. <laughs> yeah, that's another good one. Ah, great. Love him. Yeah. Boy, he was a great, great guy to watch race. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners that you enjoyed? Anything by Seth Godin. Ah, yeah. I love Seth, too. He's great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely great. Yeah, I get his. Is, uh, I get his blog every Godfather. day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His blog is great. His books are great. He. They, they're considering him the godfather of marketing. He's he's so leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else. It's His brain is incredible. Yeah, very interesting guy. You'll have to get him on your new podcast. That would be cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Chris has shared with us today on his Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYow.com. Type in Chris Road, R-H-O-A-D. Do not put an S on the end or he'll be very angry. It's just Road, <laughs> singular Road. <laughs> That's a little inside joke from a pre-show chat that we had. Chris Rode and his page will pop right up on the Cars yeah website, and you can follow all these cool links. All right, Chris, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you a non-crappy car. I'm going to buy you any car, collector car <laughs> on the planet. But there's a couple rules to this game, and they are, this is the only collector car you can have in your garage. You can have a daily driver. I don't care about that. You have to drive it. You can't let it sit. Garage queens don't work here at Cars Yeah. And you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. That little trick is off the tables. It's kind of like that. They say if you could have one wish from a genie. Yeah, I wish for a thousand more wishes. Nah, I'm not going to let you do that. So what kind of car can I buy you today? It's going to be my best friend's 1976 Datsun 620 pickup truck. What? The reason for that, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Like, who would, who would think of that? Here's why. He spent two years in his garage. And by the way, he's not a mechanic. He's just a guy that knows how to do math. He spent two years in his garage taking this bare bones 620, stripped it down to the frame, and put a 450 horsepower SR20 DET motor in it with Nissan S13 front and rear subframes. Yeah, uh-huh. and could just completely built this car into what could be considered the updated version of a rat rod, at least in huh. the Japanese sense. There is only one of these on the planet, and he has it. I want it. <laughs> and you want it. Well, you know, there's an old saying, everything is for sale for a price. I have a feeling mm-hmm. when I call your buddy, if he listens to the show before I call him, I think this is going to get expensive. Uh, so don't tell him. Andy, I'm going to call him before the show airs so he doesn't know what I'm up to. Otherwise, he's going to go, oh, really, Mark? I've heard you bought mm-hmm. people Ferrari GTOs and Lamborghini Miras and all sorts of cool stuff. But, man, you you threw me, you know, this question sometimes makes me, well, most of the time makes me smile. Sometimes it makes me grimace to think of what I've got to spend. But this is an interesting one. This has got to be one of the most interesting answers to that question ever. So. Well, for what he's going to charge me, I'm sure he can go build a few more. So, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> It'd probably be cheaper if I had my good buddy, Louis Shefshik or Butch Dennison, build you one <laughs> instead of trying to take it off mm-hmm. your friend's hands. And then you can just show up. But uh, all right, I'll give him a call and see what we can do. Uh, I thought you were going to be a cheap date for a minute there, but no, nope, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So. Wow. Well, Chris, you've taken me on a fun ride today. Really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset 
in your good friend's 1976 Datsun 620 pickup truck. Definitely. And, and thank you, Mark. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, it's been if, great. Um, you know, I, I have to assume that most of the people that listen to this are in the automotive world. And since we deal a lot with the brands that are within that world, something that we've noticed is that um, there's an old adage that says selling, you know, making sales will make you rich, but creating a brand makes you wealthy. And to that point, I, I think a lot of us that are in this world need to focus a little bit more on brand, more so than just just kind of strip mining our customers to make the sale, to make those endpoints at the end of the quarter. And to give you an example of that, a, a real quick example is um, if Nike was to create a hotel, we all have a general idea of what it would look and feel like, right? The experience is kind of infused in our brain based off of Nike's brand. But if Hyatt was to create sneakers or tennis shoes, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. The reason for you know, and the reason for that is because Hyatt doesn't have a brand; they have a logo. So, yeah. and the reason the, the reason that's important is because we in our in our world we're obsessed with tactics and the platforms that we communicate and market on. The world that we live in now moves so quickly that those platforms will go away. It's just a matter of time. So, without a brand to fall back on, you're reliant on the platforms that you work on. Perfect. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you, your business, Studio Road? We're active on two platforms. Instagram is probably the primary. And uh, and then, of course, studioroad.com. There's a little bit of information there. There's a couple of case studies, the work that we've done. Instagram is probably the best. I'm on there. I'm not going to admit how much time I spend on that platform, but that's where <laughs> I'm at. So it, it's better than email. I'd rather you hit me up on Instagram than email. So that's what we're There at. you go. Well, listeners, I'll make sure you can find links to everything, including Chris's Instagram account on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Chris Road. Again, that's R-H-O-A-D, his company Studio Road, and you will find all the links right there so you can follow what he is up to. Chris, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your wonderful experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate your time, man. It's been an absolute honor. We'll see you soon. It's been great fun. Thank you. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPIC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!